Hello all, and welcome to the Lunar Seaspire, Steven Universe fan podcast. This is episode 111, and today we'll be talking about Mr. Greg. I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm Hunter, here and happy to talk about the best episode in the series. No, what about Mindful Education? This is the best episode in the series, hands down. Even better than Mindful Education? It's the best. Like, it's the best. I think it's like the second best. No, no, no. It's the best. We'll have to agree to disagree here, Hunter. I've already agreed to disagree with both of you, so... Yeah, because GC doesn't have feelings. Yeah, he's a robot. He doesn't I know have feel. lots of feelings. There are so many feelings in Tiger Millionaire. You don't even know. <laughs> okay, so like, you know the movie Heathers? It's an okay movie. But like, the musical Heathers is so good. That's how I feel about this episode. Steamy Universe... It's good. This is basically Steven Universe the musical, which is saying something, considering how musical a series it is. Well, I remember there was an AMA or some sort of interview with Rebecca Sugar, and someone asked if there was going to be a musical episode, and she said yes. And so this is theoretically the the musical episode. Hopefully there will be more. I mean, that was very early in the series. That was before Joking Victim had even aired. Well, I mean, like, when you're writing Steven Universe... You know there's going to be a music episode, even if you haven't, like, figured out what it's going to be, you know. Yeah, you got like, if they're planning lore, they definitely have to be planning, like, oh, this is going to be our musical episode. This is going to be the episode with the giant robot fight, and this is going to be the episode where we do Initial D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when Steven, <laughs> when Steven's eyes lit up and he said, robots, giant robots. That was that was him channeling Rebecca Sugar We're during the during like the staff meeting. Like, what what is the next what is the next episode going to be about? Robots, giant robots. They're going to fight. Uh. <laughs> but like, Stephen didn't even want them to fight. He wanted them to like, like to have a friendly competition. Yeah, he for some reason thinks that giant robots aren't meant to fight each other, and it's like, what are giant robots? I mean, are, do you see any giant monsters for them to fight, Stephen? Yeah, come no. on, Stephen. Gotta, no giant monsters uh, for them to fight. I just can't think of one. Yeah, just, man. Those giant, just a severe lack of giant monsters. We like, sent in another giant monster one for with, that one. You know, six legs and slash wings. arms. She could fly. That could fly. That would be that would be an excellent monster. I think. Well, I think that's like a a little gianter than those giant robots. What if the giant robots fused? I think one of the giant robots had no rhythm at all. True. True. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I I guess, I guess, for talking about Mr. Greg, we should talk about second favorite song from the episode because I'm assuming your favorites are the same as mine. It's over, isn't it? Um, that's a tough one. I Uh, just. Hmm. My favorite, my favorite is definitely. I'd say my I'd say my favorite is a tie between Mr. Greg and It's Over, Isn't It? Yeah, I I think It's Over, Isn't It is clearly on top, but I do like Mr. Greg second. It's yeah. very it's are a very fun song, and I love the way it epi- starts. The songs in the episode, which ones are our favorite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Ooh, um, because we got we got seven of them. We got we got the Pepe's no because burgers. you both love me or I, like. And I love both no, of no, you. that's the ending. That's that's the ending. Both of you, I think yeah. it's called. Talk both to each you? other. Yeah. What? What? Pick what, some part of the chorus, it's called, and that's the title. Called. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I think it is both of you. Uh, I think it's tied between both of you and it's over, isn't it, for me? I'm 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 a sucker for Steven singing high notes, so. Mm, see, I'm gonna see. That's where we differ. That's where we differ, because that's 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 one of the reasons. Uh, whatever we're calling it, uh, both of you. That's one of the reasons both of you isn't also tied with Mr. Greg, and it's over, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I have pro- I have some issues with uh, the rest of the songs that I just don't have with Mr. Greg, and uh, it's over, isn't it? Like, I will say this though, from the Pepe's Burger jingle, like that is Marty at his most unapologetically just marketing mad. That's he. he but like something at... that appalls me is that in commercials they always have attractive people, and Marty is homely at best. I mean, I've seen a couple Burger King commercials where that theory would be wrong. I do. I do wonder though about you know because Marty looks way younger in that video than he does in in Drop Beat Dad. And yet, Steven's talking about you're on TV like it's the present tense. And they were able to get, uh, they were able to get a video of the commercial readily. And Sadie is humming that jingle in a later episode. So we, I get the impression that it's still on the air, but we've never seen it, which would mean it's a new commercial mm. where Marty looks way younger. I mean, did, was he wearing a know. toupee? Why would he not wear a toupee in regular life? I, I don't, I don't think it's a new commercial. I don't think it's newish. Uh, it definitely might be airing. Like they still air the, uh, they still air the Tootsie, the Tootsie Pop commercial with the owl and that thing, that thing's ancient. Like I don't, I don't think, I don't think the commercials new. I think the commercials a good few because. So maybe it was gone and they brought it back. Well, it can't be that new because for the time for Greg's percentage of, uh, like for his rights to the um, for that to stock up to ten million dollars in profit, that would yeah, take like some you, time. You would, you would need time for all those residuals to add up. Yeah. For a round number like $40 million, I get the impression that they just cut Marty a check here. We have the rights to use this tune uh, in commercial advertising as we see fit. And then boom. That, that That's not a collection of royalties. That's a deal. I like to imagine uh, maybe Marty, Marty was having like really horrible business troubles and he like couldn't. He was like in super debt. He couldn't get a job. And he's just like talking with some old executives, and uh, he's like trying to like just pretty much give away these songs, and uh, these executives just look at it, look at a look at like a comment. They're like, "Eh, it's it's okay. We don't want to buy this. We don't want." And Marty's just like, "Wait, wait! You can have it. Just give me some royalties off of whatever you get." They're like, "Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, you'll get some royalties." And they put it in the commercial and. Turns out it was a big success. They're like, oh, God, we got to give them these royalties. Yeah, that I think both seem pretty likely. Like, you know, the song is insanely catchy. Um, So, I don't know. I don't know why they would have Marty star in the commercial. And I don't know yeah, why they would have Marty sing the song, too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because it's funny. That's why. I didn't know that was Marty singing it. It sounds like Marty. Okay, maybe maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't know. Let me go back and look at it real quick. Uh, uh. I know deep down in my heart it's been worth the five ninety five. Oh my god, it's it's totally Marty, and he's so young. 
And he's so ugly. <laughs> There's so many lines on his face. <laughs> like, not even just wrinkles, just his face. It, there's. It's. His face is a connect the dot masterpiece. Like, this is incredible. He looks like the gnomes in RuneScape. Yeah. <laughs> the, he's got those sharp, pointy teeth. So, you guys want to move on to the next, next song? Well, no, I want to talk about. I, I find this very interesting to me. I want to talk about exactly how much 10 million dollars actually is because a lot of people i remember talking about oh man he's spending all his money right away and like at the end of the episode it was even like oh this is a bill oh it's a big bill and it's like uh, yeah pe- people totaled out the his visit to empire city and i i want to say it was something like a quarter of a million dollars seems to be the consensus opinion yeah like but but even then you still have Nine million seventy-five hundred thousand dollars. I really hope the Crewniverse doesn't find some way to get rid of all of Greg's money. To make Greg, yeah, that would be I, that would be jerk. I They're, would be really uh, mad if they tried to like restore the status quo. Like, no, I think Greg deserves yeah, every last does. cent of that. He does. Greg has. That would be considered a certain kind of a move in bird culture. Yeah. <laughs> Rick and Morty. Uh, I I can see it happening. Season finale. Uh, a homeworld ship crashes. Ruins. Greg, Greg like has to pay them. to rebuild yeah. the town. Ruins Beach City, and then Greg has to pay to fix Beach City. Game Loft could make a game out of it. But also, then, then, okay, well, okay, okay so um, they don't know what to do. Beach City is ruined, and Mayor Dewey's like, uh, uh. See ya! And he just skips town because this is no longer a town. Greg the mayor. mayor. What? Greg mayor Dewey Greg... would never abandon <laughs> the city. Of course, our pa- our paragon of sanctity, Mayor Dewey. How could I ever Mayor assume? Dewey would start a lemonade stand and he would not rest until he had rebuilt the town. It's just Greg would help him out. Absolutely. Greg would be his best customer. Greg would buy a glass of lemonade every day. Well, see, when it comes to rebuilding a town, especially a town in a beach area, oh boy, is that $10 million dollars going to receive a very big dent? Yeah. Uh, well, it's not the building that's expensive, it's the land, and you already have the land, so. Honestly, at that point, it'd be smarter just to, st- just to sell off the land. The property, the property value has got to be pretty high. You're on a beach, you're by that beautiful land. Covered landscape. in rubble. Um, but I bet the, uh, I bet the, uh, what's it called? Um, there's a word for it when you just live next to like a dangerous area. Um, Moral no hazard. insurance would yeah, ever the, cover the, you. Yeah. The hazard value would bring everything that, so I think it would balance out to just being like, a, like having normal property taxes and property value considering mm. like, it, it would just be like the normal value, just like a suburban area that wasn't near a beach. I'd imagine. Man, construction in the Beach City area must be a really solid kind of business to go into. <laughs> well, yeah. with garnet around, it would have to be. <laughs> I'd imagine, yeah. Construction, carpentry, and repair. I mean, every time she decides she wants to get into a secret staring contest, the signed repair shop gets another order. <laughs> They're making a killing. That'd be an interesting episode. Mm-hmm. Like, the gyms just, like, don't do anything for a while, and the local economy tanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Their economy is solely based around the fact that they constantly need to rebuild. Well, that's the myth of the broken window. Yeah, screw the summery, <laughs> the summer tourism. I'm not okay. They do not get a whole lot of summer tourism. I want to call it. They do not get a lot of tourism. Well, then how could places like Funland? Survive. Funland isn't employing anyone. It is just Mr. Smiley working everything. That they're he, just funderstaffed at the moment. Yeah, they're funderstaffed because he can't uh he can't fund afford to pay anybody because he's not making well, money. That's because of the onion lawsuit. That that has nothing to do with the tourists. You say that. I don't know. Oh yeah, Beach City has been getting quite a bit of lawsuits. Well, didn't they have the one lawsuit for the mysterious accident that happened in the break room at the Big Donut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that one got thrown out, so. <laughs> God, I, I think I lawyers love... just, like, see the word Beach City in a lawsuit, and they're just like, I can't help you, honey. <laughs> there's there's love... no saving this case. I love talking Beach City economics. <laughs> okay, so, but we do have to move on. Okay. Beach um... City's effect on the global economy. <laughs> So we have Don't Cost Nothing. I, I don't really have much to say about Don't Cost Nothing, except I love it when he says I could buy you all the finest courses online. I prefer to hear yes, that. Yes, that was one of my favorites. I could buy you all the finest horses online. I think it's perfect. Horses. So many well, horses. Well, it was courses because they were just talking about college. Yeah, I know. But yeah, but if, if you read it, as, if you listen to it as horses, it's funnier. Well, yeah, but like something that I find interesting, Stephen is 14, which is freshman in high school age. So he needs to have a middle school graduate education Says by you. now Theoretically, to be on he, track. He doesn't. So I'm pretty sure Greg, no matter what his best intentions would be, could not give Stephen the full education he needed that is equivalent yeah. to six hours a day, five days a week, nine months out of the year. Yep. Uh, so, you don't you don't need to I learn I mean Pearl hasn't even taught him how to read gems. She's really slacking in the mentor role. You don't need to learn what you're not gonna use. You didn't see Naruto going to Tell school that to for English. You didn't see uh Any Nar of the wizards in Harry Potter yeah. go to school for math. I yeah. never once I never once saw Lonely Blade take a geography test, and that dude is traveling all the time. So like I think he just gets it all in practical education. Yeah. I mean, apparently honestly, Avatar Aang took a math test, so. Yeah. Like, <sighs> honestly, we all know that Steven's gonna end up being a martyr, like, season five, and he's gonna die. So he doesn't really need um, to learn anything. <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't honestly. Didn't you predict that. Lapis was gonna die too? Are you yes. still behind that hunter? I don't know. I don't. Steven's taking his place in the Diamond Authority, where he belongs. <laughs> at, at this point, right now, I don't see a whole lot of development happening with uh, Lapis anytime soon. Unless it's um, to get with Paradot. Unless it's to be with Paradot, which I'm super all about right now. Oh my oh, god. Lapidot is the best. Lapidot is probably the only ship I see the show carrying out to canon or putting any kind of like effort to show. Oh, is it now? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a little late for all the others. <laughs> Except maybe yeah, Pearl maybe. and uh, Mystery Woman. Yes! Yes! Pearl Mystery Woman, please! 
Uh, Uncle Grandpa sunk the Lars Sadie ship, but appear- apparently the ship has been floated um, as of a few episodes from now. They have a survival raft. They're wading through the flotsam and jetsam trying to piece it it's back together. It's funny how, like, in the Uncle Grandpa episode, the key ship they wanted to sink was freaking Lars and Sadie, as if that's even close to the biggest ship in the fandom. Yeah, like, we're all super invested in the ship of these two donut pushers. Like, there's ma- they're magical women right now. They're magical giant women with their magical giant women rocks. And you and you know how lesbians go in the shipping fandom. Like, they're just, they're, they're the big thing. So, yeah. I mean, like, adorable. yeah, Sadie and Lars could, could have some very nice development, but we have magic alien space ladies that are all very lonely and insecure and need love. Honestly, if it if it was legitimately just rocks, like not space ladies, just rocks, I'd probably be more interested in that than anything having to do with Lars. I'm more interested in anything in the show than Lars, except maybe Ramonda. So we had a we had a quick Empire City jam. What episode were we talking about again? Theoretically, Mister Gray. <laughs> oh right. But so we have the jam about Empire City. I, I, we we need to get to the main event though, where where they get to the oh first we gotta mention that and and don't forget mom. Oh my god! Ah, Stephen, you went. Oh, Stephen. Yeah, I think we <gasps> talked about that moment in um yeah like, like the oh, quick overview. On, yeah, that was as unnecessary <sighs> as it gets. Like that was uncomfortable. And Stephen knew what he was doing right at the start of the trip, like before they had even left. He had already formed his plot so steven like why would you do that like why would you do that to yourself like There's... the gems are doing a perfectly good job of not seeing rose as you like they've been doing a pretty good job of keeping that up why do you gotta bring it back he needs to get them both thinking about rose so they can bring their feelings towards her up to the surface so he can get them to bond with each other it was yeah. all part of the plan all part of the plan and bring like the fr- yeah. the rose portrait i don't know like that was just so awful yeah i <laughs> there's there's a really good series of pictures that uh that came out around the time this episode aired uh that were floating around the subreddit that were um they're like screenshots from uh, if Steven uh, like texted the Crystal Gems, and uh, it was he was te- he was texting Amethyst something about like uh, yeah yeah uh, I'm gonna meet you over there and I'm gonna bring it's gonna be you me and my mom and Amethyst is like oh yeah when Steven kept using yeah. that joke and Amethyst was <laughs> like you need to get a better coping mechanism dude <laughs> but that's like that's like if a kid was like, don't forget mom, and then they, like, pull open their shirt, and it's got, like, the scar over their heart when their mom Uh, died to give them a heart transplant. Like, uh, that's kind of the equivalent here. Except if the heart was, like, also kind of part of your consciousness. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, moving on to a much happier part of the episode, we have Uh, the song Mr. Greg. I like the part where Pearl's head hit the top of the elevator, and that's the only part of the song that I like. (laughs) That's the only part of the song you liked. Except maybe Pearl sticking her finger in the pool. That was cute. You don't like the beginning where he's like, hey, shake a leg. It's Mr. Craig. I thought no. that was beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. 
It's I love I love leg the... doesn't really rhyme with Greg. Leg, Greg. Leg, leg, Greg. Greg. They Greg. rhyme exactly. Leg, Greg. Leg. Greg. Greg. Leg. Egg. I say leg. Egg. We are Egg. we are three adults on a on a Skype call repeating leg and Greg to each other. We are I'm three adults on a podcast about a kid show hunter. That's not the argument you want to make. But there there was just so much good stuff about this song. I love I love Pearl when she finally got her tux, and I love her unlike that turbite ridden farm. And Stephen loved it too. There was there was a sweet. There's a sweet little choreographed dance break, right when right when she she was saying uh and anytime any was, anytime, anytime with Stephen. Stephen makes for a delightful evening. Yes, yeah, it was, that's, that was an adorable little dance break. Yes, I mm-hmm. liked so this song theoretically spent quite a long time because it covered them going up into the room, getting tailored for the suits having some fun time swimming around, dancing a little, and then the song ended. So this song was actually a pretty decent amount of time. Yeah, yeah. It was an epic song. Yeah, this... Uh, I mean, I, come to think of it, those guys didn't get tipped enough. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they just, like, they, they stayed around the entire time. They're basically, they're posse. Well, they seem to be having fun singing yeah. the song, so... Yeah. They're they paid, were very they're upset paid. when Pearl ruined it. I've seen Grand Budapest Hotel. They're paid to look like they're having fun. <laughs> well, they're very good at it. Yeah, good for them. So yeah, I did. but yeah, so much, so much fun in that song. Apparently, Sophia doesn't enjoy fun. Yeah, apparently. No, I I love to suffer, but um, what I find interesting is that in a show that has such diverse background characters, they had like twenty doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. I thought like, there were was... only seven of them. There were like there's a 20... ton of them. There's a ton of them. Let's just say there's a ton of them. Hmm. There is there is like seven or six of them. I see. So that makes it half a ton of them. Yeah, a ton of humans isn't that many humans. Yeah, yeah that's that's like a bit more than a dozen. I would like to I would like to sh- to point at the fact that uh, when they're taking everybody into the elevator, they all get in the elevator. Like a ton of them get into the elevator, and then only Greg, Stephen, and Pearl come out of the elevator. Something happened. Yeah, they got stopped at the next floor because they hit the weight limit. Oh. That probably makes sense. Either that or they power the elevator with human souls. Yeah, okay, GC. A robot like you doesn't have to worry about that. The gems harvest other gems to power their artifacts, and you have a whole bunch of identical humans running around one hotel, many of whom disappear after entering an elevator. Open your eyes, Sophia! Well, we do harvest human labor to do things. Maybe not for power, but... Harvest human labor. I mean, that's kind of it. Like, that is what we do. No, no, no. The gems, the gems the go beyond works. that with their artifacts. I mean, bismuths are made to labor. Um, they, they're not put into artifacts to provide power to them. Well, humans aren't really even, like, a, a single thing. They're just, like, sacks of ever-changing chemical reactions that have neither a beginning nor end nor a solid form of consciousness. Like... Okay, now who's the robot now, Sophia? You sound like you're on the outside looking in on humanity. Where where are you from? I may or may not have written and then scrapped an essay about the differences between gems and humans on a philosophical level. <laughs> and I may or may not have just lost a lot of respect for you. <laughs> that I wrote while I was supposed to be taking notes for my psych class. 
<laughs> it's okay. Uh, I've I've written like half of a a full two act, like two hour long Steven Universe musical. <laughs> no, this is like, my favorite episode. You could point to a gem's gem, like the solid rock, and be like, "That is the individual." Like when you point at a person, what is the individual? Is it your brain? Is it your body? Is it like your relationships? Is it like your smell? Is it like the chemicals you're constantly like leaving is it your everywhere thoughts? you go? Is it your consciousness? Is it consciousness you... doesn't exist? Are you merely the product of what you have created? And if you have created nothing, are you really there? Is that a reference to something? So, something like that. <laughs> he sounds like he's going for a... It sounds like those voiceovers a... in Spongebob from Ronin Man and Barnacle Boy. No, 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 no. What, what's the one with Ebenezer Scrooge? The a Christmas, a Christmas Carol? Yeah, you sound like you're doing a character from A Christmas Carol. Are there no prisons? Are there no poor houses? There you go. There we go. I would love to play Scrooge. <laughs> Can we once make a reference that I understand? You, how, It's a Christmas carol. It is I a I always classic. watched the Home Alone thing for Christmas. All the movies and the sequels. Moving on to the main event. It's over, isn't it? Oh, Not yes. Not this episode, however. So, so I, I still hold there are two minor criticisms I have of this part. One, where it, the, the camera does the 360 around Pearl's head without ever seeing the hotel behind her. It's just cityscape the whole way around. True. And then second, second, just after she comes down off of the balcony and she's leaning on it and she's singing, uh, she's singing much harder than it looks like she's animated for like a, a line or two. And then she looks like she's being animated singing as hard as she actually is after that. Yeah, where she says, isn't it over that last yeah, time? Yeah, she sort of thrusts outward. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like she's just saying it aloud, but she's singing it. She's really go- going for it on it. Yeah, I love overdramatic songs. Like, not over-overdramatic, but, like, intense songs. Like, I like songs, the kind where people are just, like taken over by the emotions yeah. or whatever yeah but yeah but the but the 360 things just a minor complaint i know why they did it it looked really awesome so i'm not going to fault them for that and and then the thing with the animation it's like i can't not see it whenever i look at it but the audio is the big thing and besides i love the i love pearl's little stray pearl strut while she's walking on that balcony mm-hmm. Ooh, and she did like the little toe dip mm. yep mm. dipping oh, down it. yep i love that it. balances out any negative that you might have with the animation so that was just perfect yeah yes. i i believe that there's something you can there's an effect you can achieve with musical theater that you can't quite achieve with just uh normal means of communication uh through media that you have a wonderful opportunity to present a story and to be able to express it to its to be able to express emotions to their fullest extent to be able to express the feelings of the characters in their most raw emotional way yeah like pearl didn't just say rose died and this upsets me like the song <laughs> yeah like didn't really say yeah. how she how she was feeling but it sort of like it explained all the reasons for her feeling and then was expressed with feeling. And that gave the audience a very detailed yet non-specific view of like her emotions. Yeah. You, I, I firmly believe you will always, 
be able to express and get a more powerful response from a musical solo than you will a monologue. Because there's something that we as human beings connect with on an emotional level to music. Yeah, music is um is like the cheap shot in all movies, like Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> you just you yeah, add like, music and it just gives you whatever emotion like Yeah, a musical score in a movie can move people to tears. Yeah, like the the music is essentially cheating because music gives you whatever emotion you want with no context. Give it a little bit of context and people are just dead. Yeah, and like yeah. that's why I always think like horror movies would be not scary at all if it weren't for the music. Like remove yeah, remove the music and it's like it's you know everything is predictable, nothing is scary. But then suddenly they add like the the scary violins and you're like, oh my god. Yeah, if we if if we want to start like like a like a film and music theory podcast, we can go ahead and do that. I have literally no knowledge. This is sort of just like my observation. Oh. So please don't. Okay, never mind. Um. Anyway, 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 to look at it, look at it this way of that, uh, the words being spoken are the main dish. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of little keynotes in there that could, that it tastes, it tastes like a lot of different things, uh, that you can glean from the dish, but adding in the music in a certain way, adding, adding peaks and valleys and emphasis on other certain words and notes, you can spice you can spice it exactly how you want it and have it expressed in a very specific manner in a, in a word i would just say fantastic yeah mm-hmm. this song didn't i think uh the crew did release a lot of boards and just like descriptions and general insight on this episode as a whole especially that song i think rebecca sugar said that it was the hardest song she's ever composed for steven universe it took like six takes or six, not takes, but um, drafts and versions. Well, all that effort really shows through. It did, absolutely did. If you're just sitting there listening to the to the audio of it, glorious. And then if you're looking at the video, like I said, with those two minor exceptions, glorious. Mm-hmm. War and glory. I would I would also like to point out that this episode, much like uh, a stage musical, would be. It feels like it does exist in two acts. Like it feels like it has it has a it has a peak, and it has like a it it, it feels like, it feels like it's into two sections, and the second act is this very dramatic act. Yes. Um. Or I'd say the second act opens with "It's over, isn't it?" I think the second act. No, you're right. It do, it does open with that scene yeah, change. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The the intermission. Would be right after Mr. Greg. Like, right after Mr. Greg ended. <laughs> you need an mm-hmm. intermission in an 11-minute episode. Yeah, Guys, there's just me? been too many emotions. I need a break. I gotta, I gotta get my tissues and my popcorn. But then, after it's over, isn't it? We get to the emotional gut punch that is both of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I found interesting, but I couldn't really decipher, was the colors of Greg and Rose, like... It seems significant, but I can't really like. Greg and oh, Pearl, or, they're yeah, inverses of each other. Yeah, they're they're inverses. Oh, you're if you, right. If, if you take color wheel, if you people have been putting the uh, the negative filter, and they're just each other's colors switched around. Okay, I need to look at this. You want to know what really annoys me about this this song? What during their dance, and only during their dance, at no other point in the episode, Pearl magically becomes taller than Greg. They're the same height through the rest of the episode, like they are in the rest of the series. But for dancing, since Pearl's in the lead, she's magically taller. 
Okay. I think I do think it's funny that they have Pearl doing the lead because there was I can't remember who wrote it, but it was a comic observing that Pearl is always the dipped partner in any fusion dances. And so the, there was the joke, you know, if Pearl and such and such dance, who dips? Well, apparently if Pearl and Greg dance, Pearl dips Greg. Yeah. Well, they kind of had like a very flexible role. Like they had flexible roles. Like you have like the gender roles in dancing or whatever. Like Greg twirled Pearl, but Pearl dipped Greg. So it was very like, I like that. I, I kind of, I did notice that because in dancing you have a very like heterosexual way of doing it. And this one, it was very flexible. So I like that. Yeah. You know what pissed me off about the number? What, is, what, 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 Hunter? Is this is, is a beautiful emotional moment between Greg and Pearl. And like, I get it. This is this was all facilitated by Steven. It wouldn't have been possible without Steven. But I don't need this emotional, like, this, this scene where Greg and Pearl are dancing. This emotional connection happening. I don't need Steven floating by playing a piano <laughs> in the middle of that scene. Yeah, I, don't I did need think that. that was a little bit overdone. Yeah. Like, it felt okay. And this, it felt this a bit might, like a self-parody. Yeah, no, this this might just be me. But during the second act, it felt it felt like they were trying to it felt like they were trying to remind us that yeah, this is the show about Steven. Because he kept like I get it, we're, we we see it through the eyes of Steven. We don't we normally don't know anything. Steven doesn't know, and this is this is Steven's show. This is this is Steven this is Steven Universe. But I don't know. There was something profound in the relationship between. Pearl and Greg of this very foreign yet very relatable situation of being forced to work with someone and coincide with someone and like coexist with someone who you don't really have any grounds to hate other than the fact other than other than your past and and even then it's a very complex and complicated past that you can't really put you can't really put into like a sentence of like this is why I hate them and even then, it's not even hate. It's a more complex emotion than that. Uh, what am I saying? But, and it's just this profound relationship between these two adults that is happening on another level. And then here comes Steven. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I love you, buddy, but c can you sit in the corner for like a couple more minutes? Yeah, he's like us, 14 and well, he's handling these emotions more maturely yeah. than like two very adult adults. Mm -hmm. Like one middle-aged and one... Ancient. Thousands of years old. <laughs> well, Pearl's Pearl's never been the best at handling stress or self-regulating. Yeah, I don't know. So, and you know, Greg's always been a man-child. So, yeah, and I do like how in Steven Universe the adults have the same level of depth and complexity as the kids do. Like in a lot of in a lot of kids shows, you'll have like the complex and. Three okay, other than other than Stephen, Petey, and Connie, what kids are there? And Petey doesn't even act like a kid. He is an adult trapped well, in a child's body. Well, Sadie and Ronaldo are both kind of in the younger demographic, the especially younger the cool crowd. kids. Yeah, there's they they do definitely do a good job with treating every character like they are their own person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would call the cool kids kids, but I guess it's right there in the name, so I gotta yeah. I gotta give them that. They're, they're definitely, well, they're definitely kids by, I mean, they're younger, they're younger than me. They're not, they're, they're not self-reliant adults. Yeah. So yeah. the relatability they're, is would, going to be for the younger. 
Yeah. And considering considering that Steven's only 14 and they're just like a little bit older than him and like I I feel like Jenny's the only one who drives so I think they're all kind of like 16 17. Yeah, they're all like yeah. under 20. So yeah, like I said, I I like the song but it's definitely behind. If I could change it, I would I would have Steven start out the song but then the uh, have Garnet show up to play piano instead? Yeah, yeah, totally. No. <laughs> no, because Steven's uh, like tear that turned into that a rose needed. is very nice imagery, and I would like That's, that to stay. But like Steven yeah. to not be floating in a little arch like the SpongeBob imagination, like across yeah. the top. Yeah, that would, that would. I be... I would I would still have him like I would have him keep playing piano, but I would have Greg and Pearl have a little duet at the end of it. Instead yes, of, yes. Instead of Steven just repeating, uh... It's over, isn't it? Yeah, the first few, yeah. Yeah, well, like it could have been, you know... The episode. Yeah. You just think it would be better if Steven would stay behind the candelabra. Yeah. Like, they could have done a cool thing where, like, uh, they both, like, sing together, um... He loves us, and we both, and and we love both of you, or or you love both, like. <laughs> oh no, no, that's the thing. They could still both say because we, we love, love you, and you. you love both of us. There we go. Yeah. Or they, they they could still say, and we love both of you. Talking about Stephen and Rose. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Stephen, and don't forget mom. <laughs> and then, then of course, Greg gets hit with a label, yes. and they they rehash. Uh, don't cost yeah, nothing. Uh, yeah, the don't cost nothing reprise. Yes, that and was then very cute. The it's over, isn't it? Kind of, sort of, almost reprise. Yeah, and I like the cute little bit of nostalgia. Like I, I feel you know, kids sleeping in the back of the car, adults having yeah. a conversation in the front. Yeah, that's that that. I'm glad I wasn't the only one because that moment also just like struck home for me. I was just like, yeah, this is. This is for this is Hunter's this life. Is, this yeah. is what a family is supposed to be like, right? Although, you know, like that that episode's road trip did, went a lot better than most of my family road trips, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't kill my brother on that road trip. Towards the end where both the parents are going home in the same car. That's that's a new one. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Nobody's bleeding. So guys, I think that's finally it. Our discussion of Mr. Greg appears to have ended. Nope! Join us next week. We'll be talking about Too Short to Ride. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm Hunter. And don't forget Mom. <laughs> Later, kiddos. Leave us a review on iTunes. Oh, you shall! Do it for the artistry! Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.